listening to Shot Callers with Kyle Branding and Joe Micucci, part of the 48 Minutes Podcast Network. What is going on, everybody? Welcome in to another edition of the Shot Callers on the 48 Minutes Basketball Network. My name is Joe Micucci, and joining me, as always, is a man who today is literally and figuratively sick, my guy Kyle Branding. Kyle, what's going on, buddy? I'm a little under the weather, but... As you said, I'm quite literally the sickest NBA fan you know right now. Yeah, this is going to be like your flu game tonight. It's going to be... <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be, this is gonna be a, a masterful performance for my guy. I, ju- I feel it coming. Uh, Kyle, we're week two into the NBA season. And I got to say, it's been a lot of fun so far. Um, we've seen some really fun basketball. We've had some surprising teams pop up. We're going to get into all of that, but... You know, I you know with the new episode, new week, we introduced you to the Wolves Watch segment last week. We got a new segment for you guys this week called "Love to See It, Hate to See It," where Kyle and I are is kind of in the name. We're gonna tell you a thing we love, a thing we hate. Might be a little bit bonus. Uh, before we get into that, though, um, you know we got to give you our weekly Ben Simmons update, and that update is that we're continuing to stay away from it. Uh, Kyle, any other news on Ben Simmons that you want to share? No, he said it was a mental health thing, so. Uh this point, I think we just respect it, stay away from it, hope he gets mentally healthy, and I hope that, um, you know, if he's saying that it's a mental health thing, that it is serious, and that he knows that that's a serious thing, and hope everyone uh, recovers fully there, because that's as serious as a, as a physical injury. It's a, basically a brain injury, so get well, get mentally right, um, and let's get back to playing basketball. For sure. We're rooting for you, Ben. I doubt you'll hear it, but we're rooting for you, buddy. Um, yeah. That being said, Kyle, let's go ahead and get right into it. Our, our new segment, Love to See It, Hate to See It. Um, I'll go ahead and start with this one because um, my Love to See It, Hate to See It's pretty pretty straightforward. Um, you know, checking the NBA standings right now, you look at the Eastern Conference, and uh, dude, it feels like we're back in the early to mid to late night, really just the 1990s with Chicago, Charlotte, and New York being at the top. And specifically, my Love to See It is both the Chicago Bulls and New York Knicks both being relevant. Um, I think, you know, coming into their game tonight, as I mentioned, Chicago's first in the East, New York is at third. And while I know it's only the second week that that game that currently they're still playing, it's about to start the fourth quarter. Um, it, it feels like it's so much bigger than a, than a game on the second Thursday of the year should feel. It just, it just has that intensity to it. I turned it on. It's just like, it's so cool to see the Bulls in the classic home whites going up against the Knicks in their classic road blues on national TV, duking it out for a top spot in the East. It just feels right, and I don't care what anybody says, what you think of these two franchises. There is no denying that both of these franchises being good is so, 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 so both good and important for the NBA. Yeah, I don't have a problem saying I like the big markets um, thriving. Uh we might come off a little bit Adam Silverish, saying we're happy that the Knicks and the Bulls are good, but um, yeah, it's just good television. It's a good product. At the end of the day, this is this is entertainment that we're watching. We're tuning in to watch a sport for entertainment, and damn, it's entertaining to watch. Um, and, and it's nice to see Kemba finally starting to hit his stride uh, tonight a little bit more. It, it's been a bit more of the Evan Fournier show, so Kemba's. Um, Kemba's taking a little bit more of a lead, which is nice. Derrick Rose seems to continue to be productive in the short minutes that he gets. So, um, 
yeah, it's great to see. It's great to see all of them in their spot. For sure. Well, Kyle, what do you love to see week two of the NBA season? For me, my love it, my love to see it. Uh, it's got to be the Memphis Grizzlies. It's got to be everything we've seen from them in in a weird year for them because during the offseason, it kind of seemed like they were kind of stalling for a year. They didn't have a lot of trades that said, hey, we're going for it right now. They took on Steven Adams instead of Vucevic. They moved Patrick Beverly. Um, they took on uh, Jarrett Culver. So it kind of seemed like, hey, we're, we're giving it another year. We just want to get healthy, really figure out our team. But they are hitting their stride, and mostly in part to uh, John Morant. Over the last 25 years, only three players have scored 60-plus points in the paint in their first three games of the season. Any guesses on who those three players are? I'll give you a hint. One of them is John Moran. Run, run it back to me again. It's 60 points, 60 points in the, ga- in the paint, first three games of the season? Yes. 25 years. Giannis Antetokounmpo. That is one. Okay. The se- second... We are looking at dominant in the paint. Akeem Olajuwon? Shaquille O'Neal. Oh, my God. That is, uh, that is about as dominant of people as I've seen in the paint. And John Morant is now in that group. Small a, sample size, right? Three guard. games. <laughs> Three ga- yeah. <laughs> yeah, but he, his finishing ability at the rim is incredible. It's, yeah. uh, I mean, I, I'm trying to think of the last guard that I've seen be able to finish at the rim as good as him. Dwayne Wade, maybe. MVP Derrick uh, Rose. There you go. Yeah. Um, and so it's just, it is fun watching John Morant go absolutely nuclear on a night-to-night basis. Memphis Grizzlies feel like feel like a real team on a night-to-night basis. And I got to say, John Morant wasn't an all-star last year. We're in the second week. I, I know that we're not on all-star watch, but he's making that all-star team. And so my question is, whose spot does he take? We have CP3, who's had a down year. I think he's had about 12 points a game this year. Mike Conley, Donovan Mitchell, Devin Booker. Does he even take Damian Lillard's spot? I think he's got a good chance to take Damian Lillard's spot, and that's actually perfect that you uh, got to Dame there because Damian is hes my hate to see it for the week. Um, wow. His, his cold start to the season, man. Um Ironically enough, that Memphis and Portland played last night, and going into last night's game, now Portland did win. Um, but going into the game, Dame was shooting thirty-six percent on the season. But the alarming one was the eight percent from three. Eight percent, mm. man. Like, I, I don't think anybody would argue if I, you know, when I say this. While Steph Curry has obviously made shooting a three-pointer must-watch TV, Damian Lillard is not far off for what he's done to three-point shooting the entirety of his yeah. career. It, it, I, get this, I get damn near the same feeling watching him shoot a three as I do watching Steph. And it's, it's just weird, man. You know, typically when guys come off that Team USA run, they come back rejuvenated and ready to just destroy the world. And it's, like, it's almost like it, <laughs> it sucked all the power out of Dame. He did struggle in the Olympics, so maybe it's still some mental hangover from that. Um, what is crazy though, and I will give Dame credit because I, I he's my favorite he is my favorite player in the league. 
So it's hard. That's for why me I was to, so shocked. Yeah, yeah. That's why I was so shocked. Um, you are the biggest Dame fan. I, I mean, obviously the Pacers are your team, but Dame has always he's my been guy. Yeah, your he, guy. He is my guy. Um, so I am gonna hit it with a bit of a silver lining because I can't. I can't just hang him out to dry like that because with him struggling to start the season shooting, it's crazy because I was watching that Memphis game last night. Teams are still sending traps and double teams up to him basically once he crosses the half-court line because they are afraid of being the team that he wakes up against. Like, it's really funny to watch. Um, And to Dame's credit, he's averaging 7.3 assists per game to start the season, so he's finding other ways to contribute. Um, He actually had 10 assists in last night's game against Memphis. It would have been higher if the Trailblazers just didn't pull away in the fourth quarter. But, yeah, it's just the shooting has been weird. Um, I'm, I'm very much ready for the first Dame time to properly happen for this season. Um, but I would say right now, yeah, Dame would be the one that, that John Morant would take over. And he, he is definitely my, uh, my hate to see it for the week. Uh, Kyle, what, what's got you, uh, what's got you down in the dumps so far? My hate to see it. I'm gonna stick with another Western conference guard. Yeah. But I'm gonna go Russell Westbrook. You hate to see it. A couple things. (laughs) One, one gambling wise, the odds (laughs) for Russ. The odds for Russ triple double and a Lakers win was I think plus two seventy or so, plus two eighty, and that just seemed like the easiest money you could get. I send a text. I send a text to our uh, to our group. I, chat. I just. Che- it's funny you said that. I was literally pulling yeah. up the text. It was at plus two sixty five when you okay, sent it. Plus two sixty five. Yeah. And I sent the text, and, and it's like the end of the first quarter, and he's already got like six five and five. And it's the end of the first half, and he's like basically there to a triple double. And of course, he hits the triple double, right? But oh, the yeah. Lakers end up losing. So to that, the Thunder, that bet doesn't by, hit. the Oklahoma. But that's not Josh Giddy oh. and the Oklahoma City Thunder. And I, I say Josh mm. Giddy. I need to put more respect on our boy Shea Gilgis Alexander's name. That that dude. I know. Balled out in the third quarter last night. I know. Yeah, I I, I got to give it to him. And Josh Giddy had that fake behind the back pass. That just had him looking, and I, oh, I hate to even say it, but he looked good. We he hate did. Josh Giddy. We hate him yeah. so much. <laughs> but he looked good. But why, why Russ really ends up here is his team blows a twenty-six point lead. The Lakers previously two hundred thirty and zero when leading by twenty-five points or more in a game. Russ bricks a three with twenty-five seconds left. Mm. The Thunder get. The Thunder commit the eight-second violation. Yep. Lakers get another chance. Malik comes up, airballs a 27-foot jump shot with 10 seconds left. Lou Dort goes down, hits two free throws. It basically ends the game. Like or it's so kind of just think. understood that it's it's understood that the game is ended. Inbounds the ball. Darius Baisley steals it with four seconds left. And he has momentum from the steal. And he continues that momentum, goes down for a breakaway dunk. Nothing flashy. He doesn't rock the baby. He doesn't put his arm in the cookie jar. He doesn't, you know, swing on the rim or anything. He goes down for the breakaway dunk. Nothing between the legs. Just puts it in and it goes back. Well, Russ kind of loses it and ends up getting his second tech. He's ejected after getting 10 turnovers. A quadruple double, if you will. Yes. He had 10 turnovers in that game and, and secured the quadruple what, double. What were people calling it? The the triple doppel or something like that? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and he said, you know, 
there's just certain things you shouldn't do. And it was just trying to be such a traditionalist. When has Russell Westbrook ever been a traditionalist? When has he ever gone by the book? This is how you have to do it. This is the way things are done. So we have to do it by the this all of a Russell sudden Westbrook. All of a sudden, Russell Westbrook's the fucking Mandalorian out there. This is the way. <laughs> he's the uh, he's like the most trend setting, rule breaking, you know, edgy guy in the league. He is he's the kind of guy that just on a Tuesday for no event or anything just wears a dress in downtown LA just for a photo shoot. And that's great. That's what we love about Russ. We love how different he is and that he doesn't care about these unwritten rules or these traditionalisms. And now this, I'm sorry, don't blow the 26-point lead to the worst team in the league. Don't do it. Don't do it on when you're probably the best player in that franchise's history, you know, returning home. Don't do it. It's... It's embarrassing for many reasons. It's embarrassing from a basketball perspective that you blew the lead. It's embarrassing that you went down, you bricked the three. It's embarrassing that you got so mad about the turnover that you got kicked out of the game. I just thought the whole thing was embarrassing. Huge egg on his face and uh, and a bad look from a guy that, you know, I, usually basketball-wise, I, I understand the knocks, but off the court, I love Russell Westbrook. I think he's... He's awesome, and I was just so shocked at, at at how wrong he had this one. Yeah. So that's my hate. That's my hate to see it. I I couldn't agree more on that one. That was it was corny, man. It was just yeah. so corny. Like, I I get it. Being upset, you blew the lead. It's embarrassing. It's the word. Like, dude. I, I bet you if we went and checked the tape, there is there is film of a young Russell Westbrook dunking it at a completely just unnecessary time in a blowout game. So I just, yeah, yeah, that sucks. Well, that does it for, for love to see and hate to see it. I do though, Kyle, I've got a bonus section for our first ever okay. edition and I've got pretend I do not see it. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. And for pretend I do not see it, I'm going back to the Memphis Grizzlies the other night. Memphis and the Lakers played, and as many people know, Zaire Williams got drafted to Memphis this season. Zaire actually a, it was a senior on the Sierra Canyon team when Bronny, LeBron's son, was a freshman. Um, and so a story came out, or he was talking to the media, and Zaire Williams was talking about how he calls LeBron unk because of that. You know, he was high school teammates with Bronny, and so LeBron was kind of, you know, around the team and uh, just a mentor to that entire uh, program. And I was just sitting there, and I was like, no, no, I, I'm i not, and I'm not old. We're not old dudes by any means. We're both in our late 20s, but I'm not ready. I'm not ready for the conversations of of that. I'm just not ready for it, man. I'm not ready to accept my own, uh, my own aging process. It's definitely a weird one. Makes you feel weird. Yeah. Um, it's going to feel weird in, what, two years or so, three years when Bronny, two years, right, when Bronny comes to the league yeah or we're assuming Ugh. comes to the league yeah 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 man that's that's gonna be a weird one yeah so. it's just oh it had me feeling all the heebie-jeebies man i was like no 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 <laughs> so yeah. i like am when Tom i am pretending i do not see that <laughs> yeah i definitely understand that one <laughs> all right all right so moving on we're not making you wait this week you knew it was coming. I tweeted it out from the 48 Minutes Twitter last night at 48 Minutes Network. 
right when the game ended. You saw the gif of the Wolves, baby. Kyle, tell the people what time it is. It's time for Wolves Watch. Ouch. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm I'm glad you're bringing it up early in the episode. Yes, sir. I, it's, uh, I think it's one of the biggest stories going on right now. I, I really do. Listen, as, as you all learned last week, Kyle is, is waving the banner for the Minnesota Timberwolves. And I got to say, Kyle, this week, I'm picking up that other end, man. We're like, you know, at the, begin- at the Welcome. beginning of the game, we're like the cheerleaders, like stretch out the giant flag across the court. You've got one oh, yeah. and I got the other, brother. I'm I'm all in. I'm all in. Um, for those that missed it last night, our, and I say our because this this is our team now, Kyle. Pacers, oh, yeah. Pacers, Pistons. Listen, we are divided. Minnesota Timberwolves. We are united, baby. We are united. I, I am in. the The Wolves defeat the defending champs in Milwaukee, one thirteen, one oh eight. It was the first time. The first time the Bucks were beat in Pfizer Forum, where they never let it a single point in the game. Wow. Let that sink in. The first time that Milwaukee I, never let at any point in that building. I gotta say, it ended up being a five-point game, but that's only because Milwaukee outscored them by 10 in the fourth quarter, and they went on that 9-0 run really late to cut it to two. The Wolves, Other than that, listen, man, they it just wasn't wanted to make close the score. Of a game. They wanted to make it look closer. So that it looked a little more gutsy. You know what I mean, man? Like, hear, hear me out. That. Hear me out. So, uh, for starters, we know about this young big three. And I'm calling them a big three at this point, man. Cat, Ant, D'Lo, they combined for 79 of Minnesota's 113 points last night. Carl Anthony Towns, 25 points, 9 of 13 shooting, 3 rebounds, 5 assists. D'Angelo Russell, 29 points, 12 of 25 shooting, 5 rebounds, 6 assists. Anthony Edwards, 25 points as well. Not as efficient of a shooting night. 9 of 24, 7 rebounds and 3 assists. But Anthony Edwards had the two clutch plays at the end, man. He hits that clutch layup with the and one attempt. Attempt misses the free throw, but goes back down. They get a, I think a Giannis runs the floor and gets a quick layup. They inbound it to Anthony Edwards. And immediately, memory of a goldfish, baby. Two clutch free throws to ice the game. Uh, and... Not just those three. Really, I watched it last night. I'm not going to lie. Last night was the first time I really watched the Wolves because I saw the scoreline and I was like, I got to watch this. Jared Vanderbilt and Jaden McDaniels combining for 24 rebounds between the two of them. It was just such a good... And this is on a night where Giannis went for 40. So it wasn't like Mm. Giannis was bad. Chris Middleton was a little off, but he heated up in the second half. Um I mean, it was just impressive, dude. What a win for this young Bucks or Bulls or oh my gosh, Wolves team. Yeah, I agree. And it really reminds me back in 2017, right? The NBA GMs got together and they do this every year. Which player would you want to build your franchise around? Yeah. Right? You could build around any person. Carl Anthony Towns wins that. Uh, he won it in 2016 and 2017, right? The number one player that GMs would want to build around. And what's funny is the the person that comes in second place is Giannis. Third place is LeBron. Um, but he was kind of like the young budding star and kind of supposed to be the next guy. And it finally feels like we're kind of getting to a point this year. Uh, and I know it's early in the season, but we're we're starting to see 
what GMs years ago were so excited about. We always knew he had the talent, but we're starting to see the passion from him, and it's kind of all clicking all at the same time. And now, uh, now we start looking at talent actually coming together and putting a product that, that looks like a winning team. Yeah, and I, I love that you I, – I'm so glad you mentioned the passion thing. I was actually going to bring up that quote from him from the postgame interview last night um, where, he, where he talks about it. He goes, I think fans get the wrong impression. I play with expletive passion. Uh, that's what I play with. I came here – or I came in here to Minnesota. I've always played with passion. That's what I do. I play with energy, and if people don't like that, I'm sorry for them. And, and you know, to go off of that quote, we had the quote earlier in the week um, – when Minnesota lost that game to New Orleans, Anthony Edwards, right after the game, he's like, we got to make sure we keep up that killer mentality. We can't get, you know, talking about how they can't get complacent. And people were clowning Anthony Edwards because it's like Anthony Edwards was talking like, you know, Minnesota's expected to do something. And I think that's wrong for people to clown him because it's like they're try- there's a culture shift. He's trying to to say that they have a culture shift here. They don't they don't brush off losses now. So I – I love the energy this team is getting off, giving off. I, I especially Carl Anthony Towns, man. I'm going to circle back. I mean, uh, he's tied for third in points per game. It's uh, with 29, um, tied for fourth in blocks per game at 2.3. He's tied for 24th in the league in three point percentage, shooting 50 percent. And this is on six attempts per game, man. Like he's, it's not a small sample size. He's balling out and Anthony Edwards he's fifth and three pointers made per game at 4.3 tied for 16th in scoring I mean this team it, it's I really think it really is starting to come together up in Minnesota I I'm I'm I wasn't fully there last week but man I am I'm on the wagon I, I am I'm on the wagon for the Minnesota Timberwolves this is it this is it it's all coming together my master plan <laughs> everyone will be Timberwolves fans I love it. I mean, listen, they're the losingest franchise in in the history of North American sports. Oh, yeah. How can you not root for him at this point? It's just, it. come on. They're they're undoubtedly like the good guys. Join us. There's no one that thinks they're the bad guys. I said in the offseason, you know, when we were talking about the Knicks free agency play, I was like, man, maybe they're kind of setting up for Carl Anthony Towns to come in a couple years. Not anymore, man. I'm I'm fading off that. I'm going back on my own call. I want Do you this. still see Ben Simmons as a possibility there? Oh, wouldn't that be fun? Wouldn't that be fun? Oh. Oh. What worries Louis me, though, is Beasley. that if they go for him, they'd have to – I feel like they'd have to give up D'Angelo Russell in that deal. Yeah. And yeah. I don't know if I want that. But it's – that's that might be a – we're going to run this poll tomorrow. I'm going to run this poll. Okay. Who would you rather see on the Minnesota Timberwolves, D'Angelo Russell or Ben Simmons? I would, okay. I would love I to like hear that. people's thoughts on this. That's, I, I don't know. I don't have an debate. answer right now yeah. without, without really thinking about it. Yeah. So if you're listening to this, if you're listening to this podcast, if it's early morning, poll's probably not out yet, check about, check about two or three Eastern Standard Time. I'm going to fire this one off. I, I want to hear people's thoughts. Who would you rather have, D'Angelo Russell or Ben Simmons? For the Timberwolves, but yeah, I mean, my, oh, my immediate thought—my immediate thought is obviously Ben Simmons is an all-star, like, and one of the best defensive players in the year. He's just a better—I think he's just a better player than D'Angelo Russell. Yeah, but D'Angelo Russell is best friends with Cat. That's like, the do thing. you remember like when they got off the plane? There was so much chemistry there. 
Yeah. And when you talk about chemistry and you talk about potentially bringing in Ben Simmons, he's been pretty toxic for chemistry. So do you ruin that? I don't know. Yeah. It's it's interesting. And I I, I think the thing that also hurt, I, hmm, that's tough. That's really tough. That's why we're not going to make the decision. We're going to let we're going to let the people who vote tell us what they think. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> but for now, this has been another edition of Wolves Watch. <laughs> Joe, there's another team I want to talk about this week and it's a team that's coming near and dear to my heart. And it's the Charlotte Hornets. And I'm I'm glad I'm glad you're bringing up Charlotte. Um because I wanted to talk about the team that they're playing tonight Ooh. as you're listening to this, Miami Heat. So, okay. It, so this is this couldn't be more perfect. Let's talk about the Hornets, and we'll talk about the Heat. Love it. Love it. Okay. So the Hornets, uh, I just put an article up um, on the 48 Minutes Network this morning when you're listening to this. So um, it's about Miles Bridges' early season breakout. Of course, we know... LaMelo Ball, and we are very familiar with that. The market seems to be plenty saturated with LaMelo Ball content. But Miles Bridges has really, really, really popped off the page uh, the beginning part of this year. He is already top 10 in um, points, steals, win shares, value over replacement player, and and one points generated. And this is coming off uh, of a really weird offseason where he saw draft classmates, Mikael Bridges and uh, his former teammate at Michigan State, go green, go white, uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. They both got massive contracts extensions this offseason. And the Hornets GM kind of just sat around and said, you know, we're going to let it play out and we're going to see what we got. We like Gordon Hayward. We like P.J. Washington. We like Kelly Oubre. We want to kind of see what the pecking order is and exactly who we got and, you know, who, who's going to be doing what. And I think Miles Bridges really took that to heart because he has had back-to-back-to-back 30-point performances, um, including a win against the preseason title favorite Brooklyn Nets. We've just, we, we've really seen him ball out, and I know that Scary Terry is out for this team, but I don't know. I think he's... Uh, He's kind of a runaway right now for most improved player, I would say, and just just getting to see getting to see a lot of them, which is exciting. We saw, I mean, really, the Hornets were they were a four seed last year in April, which I think a lot of people forget. They were ahead of the Hawks, the Heat that we're about to talk about. They were ahead of the Celtics in the Eastern Conference standings, and this was. In April, pretty late in the season, LaMelo gets hurt and Gordon Hayward gets hurt. And in those 20 games, Bridges is able to step up a bit, average 17 points and seven boards, um, shooting over 44% from three, and he's taking six a game. We've seen him step up, but not to a point where he can do back-to-back-to-back 30-point games. This is just kind of a new level. And really, when you watch him, what I love about him, other than just being a Michigan State alumni he is Flint royalty. He is uh, a much-loved uh, Michigan-born-and-raised uh, Michigan guy. He's, he's doing it every, every way you can do it. He's doing the outside catch-and-shoot threes. He could do the sneaky backdoor lob finishes. He's doing, like, casual 360 breakaway dunks. He, I, I love him. I think he's awesome. 
I love everything about him. Miles Bridges is was one of my favorite players going into the season because I was very biased and I loved watching him for years and years and years. And now I have a reason to say that because he's absolutely balling out and he's great. There is one thing that you forgot to mention about Miles Bridges. Okay. And in, and that's on top of loving him for everything he's doing on the court. I love the way that he handled getting absolutely posterized by Jalen Brown on Monday night. Yeah. When he just straight up, yeah. came, when he straight up just came out and said, he's like, I'm going for it. A hundred percent of the time I'm going for it. I'm not giving up on that play. I listen, man. I love that. I love guys like that. And I know that's like the cookie cutter response. But it's like, he is dead serious. He's he is he does not care if he gets dunked on or not. He cares more about trying to make the winning play, and that's that's a guy I want on my team, man. Uh, I think that he I think that he's probably got a good idea of like how to handle that situation. Yeah, because he is one of, I mean, on any given night, if you turn on ESPN and you see a crazy dunk, there's as good of a chance as any that it's Miles Bridges that threw it down. I think he's one of the most explosive dunkers in the league. And so I think that he kind of knows, like, all right, I'm gonna posterize, you know, 50 people this year. I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get posterized a few times myself, but it's all good. It happens. It happens to the best of us. I, of course. I think. Uh, oh, the other thing with him too, you know, potentially the second best rapper in the NBA. Oh, Jerry's okay. still out on that one. We don't know. We don't know. Okay. Um, what else has you excited about the Hornets though? I mean, I, obviously Miles Bridges, but I, I think Ish Smith has has been providing really solid minutes off the bench for them. He, Lamella Ball, uh, basically gave Ish Smith the green light in the fourth quarter of that Brooklyn game on Sunday. Um, I, I think I think Hayward's been solid too. Um, anything else that's sticking out to you about the Hornets outside of you know those two guys? No, I mean again, Ish Ish Smith. Former Piston, we love him. One of the fastest guys in the league. He was great. And when they asked, uh, when they asked the Hornets coach, you know, why didn't we see Melo get back in in the fourth quarter in that game? He's like, honestly, Ish Smith was just playing really well, and I kind of just like forgot. It wasn't anything intentional. I literally just like was just letting him play. Um, but no, I, I I just I see this team getting better when they get. Terry Rozier back, um, I, I like it. You also you can't talk about the Hornets without giving a shout out to your boy Mason Plumlee, another former Pist. Basically, they're just taking former Pistons and and your favorite Michigan guys and just and I say Michigan is the state. I would never offend you like that, Kyle. Um, Thank you, especially yeah, this week. Yeah, especially yeah, this yeah. week. Would never, would never. Um, but uh, kind of, they're kind of turning into like the Kyle Brandon All Stars down there. They are like, PJ Washington. I mean, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, shout out to my wife. She's a, a diehard UK fan, so I watch PJ Washington all the time at UK. Mister Irrelevant him. in our fantasy draft. Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, sir. Well, let me let me play a little devil's advocate with the Hornets, um, please. I personally really do like this team, so I want to preface with that. But for the sake of I don't even want to call it debate, but this is my my one concern with this team. Um, what's wild to me is that despite them being 27th in opposing points per game, uh, at one, they're giving up 117 points a game, and opponents are shooting 47.8% against them 
And that's 27th in the league as well. So they're 27th, both those stats. They're 10th in point differential, um, thanks to being second in the league and scoring at 121 points per game. So my concern, or maybe my question for you is this. Which do you see happening first? Does their defense clamp down? Or does their scoring pace cool off as teams start getting more tape? Kind of like what happened last season, teams kind of started figuring them out, which is how they were phased out of that top four. Um, and my real main concern about the the defense and the scoring side of that is that opponents are only shooting 33% from three against them. And if you look at their schedule of who they've played so far, um, it's been three top-half three-pointing teams in the Pacers, the Nets, and the Celtics, and then two bottom-half three-point shooting teams in the Cavs and the Magic. So where do you see this going from here? Is it going to be they're going to pick it up on the defensive end and that three-point shooting number is going to hold? Or are the floodgates going to open and you see them getting a little cold as the season wears on? I think that this team is built to potentially play good defense. The reason is because of their height specifically. So we talked about Ish Smith and we talked about Terry Rozier. Yeah. Those are the only two players on their entire roster that are under six foot five. Yeah. Every, everyone else they're putting out there is pretty much in that six, six to six, nine range. And is just super switchable. And I think that if we learned anything from last year's playoffs, it's that you have to be able to switch. Otherwise, you're just going to get annihilated. And I think that this team has switching potential. James Booknight, 6'5". Lamelo 6'6". Bridges is somewhere between 6'7 to 6'6". P.J. Washington, 6'7". Oubre, 6'7". Gordon Hayward, 6'7". Uh, just a lot of guys that, that have that ability um, to play defensively. So I think I think that they'll be that they'll be all right. I don't think the teams are always going to shoot as cold. I think that that's a fair, very fair assumption. Um, but I also think that that once they get Terry Rozier, once they get James Booknight, um, stuff like that, I mean, I think that they also have room to grow as well. So all like that it. being said, I, I, think it, I think it's pretty real. Yeah. I I really like this team. I We had them high in our league pass rankings going into the season. So um, it's just been... Honestly, rewarding. And like I said, to start the show, it, it's cool seeing a team like the Charlotte Hornets near the top of the Eastern Conference, um, regardless of how early it is. A hundred percent. hundred percent. And, and okay, are they, they're four and one now. They're second in the Eastern Conference. Are they going to finish in the second, second in the Eastern Conference? No. They're, this team is probably, this team's probably not like a home playoff team. I get that. They're probably like either a play in or kind of late playoff team. But I do think I do think that they are top of the league pass rankings right now. But I have a question for a team that might be at the top of the actual league. So I, I want to get to the Heat, but I've got okay. one more thing about the Hornets. Okay, okay, go because for it. this this got sent over to me right before we started recording. Ooh, our buddy Evan, who is a Hornets okay. fan, <gasps> huge Hornets fan. He, he messaged me. He said, this is what I get from him. What's it going to take to get Miles Turner from y'all? And I just, it, that's so convenient because we we're just talking about the Hornets defense. 
I personally don't want to see Miles Turner traded. I've been very open about this. But talk about a team where he would be a crazy good fit and fills a solid need. Absolutely. And and really, this offseason feels like the perfect time that they should have done it because they yeah. did get Mason Plumlee this offseason and Kai Jones. Let's not yeah. forget about uh, Summer League superstar Kai Jones. Yeah. Um, but now, obviously, the man, Pacers drafted Isaiah Jackson as well, so it probably would be hard to swing Kai Jones in a deal. But he he asked me what I thought it would take for the Hornets to, to is get Gordon Turner. Hayward Is Gordon Hayward for Miles Turner, is that the most perfect trade you could think of? I mean, that was the offer that the Pacers were lobbing to the Celtics two summers ago. I now. know. Um, and, and if you don't have Hayward, you could still run out a lineup. You're going to have Mello out there. You're going to have Rozier out there. And then you can have Oubre... Bridges, PJ Washington, Miles Turner. I mean, I, yeah, it's Miles Turner. It yeah, really is. It's I love a really it. logical fit. So shout, oh, honestly, man. shout out to Evan for sending that over. That that was really good timing on his part because that was. Uh, I saw that. I was like, oh my god, I I don't want to talk about it, but I I feel like we have to. Um, I love that. Let's throw up a poll tomorrow. Let's throw up a yeah, poll. I'll add that too. Gordon Hay- Gordon Hayward for Miles Turner. Who says no? Yeah, I love it. I love it. We'll add that mm. to the list. Very now, good. Shout out, Evan. L- yeah, yeah. Shout out, Evan. Now, Kyle, let's rewind and go back to what you were saying. <laughs> Miami Heat. I know we just talked about Charlotte being at the top of the league pass rankings, but I think we're ready to have the conversation about Miami Heat potentially being the best team in the league. I could not agree more with you, Kyle. I, I could not agree more. Um, Speaking of articles, you're getting ready to drop one. You mentioned that. We dropped our first power rankings on Tuesday over on the 48 Minutes website. And I say power rankings lightly. It's more of like a top 10, but you get the gist. Um, we had Miami at number three in our weekly power rankings. I personally had them at number one on mine. I would like to make that point known. And I would not be shocked if all of us that contribute to that voting end up with Miami at number one next week. Um Talk about a way to start a season. Last week, they beat Milwaukee. This week, they beat Brooklyn in Brooklyn. They've beaten the two top dogs or the presumptive top dogs in the East to start the season. They're the best defense in the league, and it's not even close. Not even close. They're first in points allowed, first in point differential. But just to kind of hammer home how good they are defensively. All right, I'm going to run this one by you. I know that defensive rating is kind of a flawed stat and defensive win shares not it's not perfect it's hard to gauge how good a guy is defensively in in the nba without watching them play but four out of the top five players in defensive win share play for the miami heat let me let me say that again four of the top five players in defensive win shares are Miami Heat players. Jimmy Butler is first overall. P.J. Tucker third, Kyle Lowry fourth, and Bam Adebayo fifth. We talked going into the season about Bam Adebayo potentially being defensive player of the year. And Kyle, your point was, I typically think it goes to the best defensive player on the best defensive team. Man, you got to be feeling good about that right now. And it's typically a big man. Yeah. It is typically a big man. But here's the flip side of all this. They're, they're phenomenal defensively, but their offense 
is almost just as good. They are just outside the top 10 in points scored. They're 13th in points scored. They're 10th in total field goal percentage. Jimmy Butler is tied for 16th in the league. Call back to our boy Anthony Edwards. Uh, Jimmy Butler is tied for 16th in scoring with Anthony, Anthony Edwards. Um, he's tied with Tyler Hero for leading the team in assists per game. At 4.7, he's averaging three steals per game, which is third in the NBA. He's shooting a blistering 52.8% to start the season. He's He is literally, I know I made the joke last week about Tyler Hero looking like he's throwing the Heat logo up every time he's shooting the ball. Jimmy Butler's doing the same damn thing. Bam. We just talked about how great he is defensively. Offensively, he's averaging 17 and 14. He's third in the league in total rebounds. Uh, or rebounds per game, excuse me. And we know about Tyler Hero. He's he is leading the sixth man of the year uh, running right now. He's he's coming off the bench. He's playing starting minutes, though, but he's twenty three points per game, seven rebounds per game, four point seven assists per game. He's like I said, tied with Jimmy for first on the team in assists. This team is good, man. Kyle Lowry hasn't even woken up offensively yet. There is just so much. Like I think uh, you. You hinted at this too. I mean, Duncan Robinson hasn't woken up yet from range. I mean, there is just, there's so much. Their offense could get better. That is what's scary. Their defense is going to stay this good all season. I just think, I, I, I'm so impressed with Miami to start the year, man. I agree. And this is what we were, this is what we were talking about preseason is that they had potential to match up with the best teams in the league. Yeah. And that they had potential to, at any given time, have the best defensive lineup on the court and the best offensive lineup in the court. And they're showing it. And uh, like you said, Kyle Lowry, averaging 10 points per game less than last year. He has room to grow. He, we all know that Tyler Hero is not going not gonna to be as scorching hot as he is forever. Kyle Lowry has room to grow. Duncan Robinson, averaging four points a game less than last year. His effective field goal percentage is down from 61% to 48%. He will regress back to that mean. He will he will get back to normal. And once we see Tyler Hero cool off a little bit, I think we'll see the other guards step up just a little more. And I think that this team could keep cruising. Uh, you brought up our league pa- or our uh, our power rankings article that we did on the uh, on the 48 minutes website. I did have Milwaukee, and I had Golden State ahead of them as well. That's spoiler. fair. That's super there. fair after last week. Yeah. Um, but it is going to be tough. It is going to be tough to not have Milwaukee or to not have Miami near the top of that Yeah. this week. Just so impressive. I'm, I'm really excited for this game between Milwaukee and Charlotte. Um, I think it's going to be your age-old uh, number one defense versus number one offense thing. I know that. Charlotte's technically second in the league um, offensively, but you know you get the gist. Top top offense versus top defense. Who who you got? I I, I still think I'm going to lean towards the Heat in this game, um, just because their offense can go toe to toe. Plus defensively, they're just lights out. But um, I'm sure this is going to be one of the games that's part of our bet thread that we do every day on the, oh, on the yeah. Twitter. So oh yeah, definitely excited to see where this fades. But yeah, I mean that's really all I had this week, Kyle. Is there is there anything else that you wanted to hit on before we uh, get into shot caller of the week and wrap this bad boy up? No, I'm I'm ready for uh, for shot caller of the week. What about you? You have anyone we missed on? I got one thing I wanted to hint at. Um, okay. I'm not ready for us to go full in on this team. I'm not ready to go full in on this team, but I gotta say I gotta give credit where it's due. Um, the Washington Wizards, man, starting the season four and one, 
absolutely whooping up on the Hawks tonight. I know the Hawks were coming off the second night of a back-to-back, a, a road back-to-back too. So it's that's a tough mm-hmm. matchup for Atlanta, but still, that's impressive, man. I mean, you look at Washington's start to the season, only losses against the Nets in Brooklyn. Raptors have looked decent. Pacers, I don't want to talk about it. Uh, Celtics, they're up and down, but th- that Hawks team, I mean, we just dubbed the Hawks a title contender last week. So shout out to shout out to Washington. Um, really, really impressive start. Um, but I'm good to get in a shot call over the week if you are, my man. I am. I uh, I, I like that wizard thing. I think that's something that we need to to monitor going forward. We did give them their flowers in the offseason. Um, they did a good job turning John Wall into Russ into some players that are actually helping them contribute right now. So yeah, I know we gave them kudos in the offseason, but it, it looks like that team's coming together a little bit. Yeah, Wes Unsell Jr. has probably got him got his hat in the ring for Coach of the Year right now. That's for Dan. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not ready to uh, to fully buy in, but with you, I think it's at least worth acknowledging and something to be on the lookout. Uh, maybe next week's episode or the week after that. For sure. Come, ba- come back to it and see, see where they got in. But for my shot caller of the week. Yeah, let's get into it. What you got? I know we talked about him a little bit already. I was kind of holding back earlier. I'm giving it to Anthony Edwards. Yes, sir. Ant one, baby. That's uh, is that his actual nickname? Can we make it his nickname? If it's not Ant one, I'm good with Ant one. It's it. just it's great, I feel like. It's it's I, really good. I think Ed, it is his nickname. So I don't want to think I, and, I just want to create it. And I we talked so much about how good he is on the court. But if I could just dedicate my shot caller of the week to how good of an interview he is. Let's go. And I, and I have some quotes here. So um, I, I am going to quote him. And, and there will be some expletives. So we will either bleep them out. Or I just want to give you a fair warning. This is not safe for work um, for, for this here. Yeah, we're not beeping this uh, out. We got to give Anthony Edwards okay. his, his due diligence here. <laughs> Uh, first one, uh, first first note I had from his interview, uh, he showed up to an interview, just had Popeyes. I just just had Popeyes with him, uh, was eating Popeyes at the interview. I thought thought that was worth it at a post-game press conference. Okay. Uh, second one, um, he didn't know who Backstreet Boys, Spice Girls, Jim Carrey, or the owner of his team, uh, A-Rod, were. Dude, the A-Rod moment is one of my, like, literally a top 10 nba moment of the last decade for me it's cr- it's crazy to me um an interviewer asked him a question and anthony edwards response is where are you from ireland okay now repeat your question i wasn't listening um, he was so excited summer league- about, he was so excited about his accent <laughs> he was so excited <laughs> at summer league uh, any activities he said i got a new hobby bowling like 200 easy He's a, he's a good bowler. We know that. Uh, in the middle of a Slam Magazine interview, he stopped it so he could watch Cardi B twerking videos on his phone. Uh, the last couple weeks, he said in an interview, we need to lock the fuck in. They whooped our ass. We got to wake up. That's the quote I was talking about after the New yep. Orleans game. Yeah. That's, that's the energy we love. And this last one, Again, after the game against Giannis, he said, with a guy like that, you can't stress about him scoring. That's what he's going to do. I mean, motherfucker is 7'2", 280 pounds. The most casual interview in all of the NBA right now. And he's 
and he's just awesome. He really is. I didn't know if I was going to like him coming out of college, but he is so likable. Dude, dude, he's so wise beyond his years at 20 years old or 21. I don't know. I, I forget how old he is man. now. But oh my God, man. I love Anthony Edwards. Uh, my advice to everyone tomorrow, tomorrow, just ha- spend your day this. being a little. Being a little more like Anthony Edwards. Listen, I can't. That's, if you that's are your goal for the day. This, and if you are a Minnesota Timberwolves fan, if you live in Minnesota and you have the hookup for any sort of, t- I don't even care if it's a rally towel. Can you please get in contact with us? We need some Timberwolves swag. We oh, yeah. like we need some. Like please oh, yeah. hit us up at Forty Eight Minutes Network on Twitter, or you can hit Kyle up on Twitter at Good Luck Kyle, or me at Makuchi. It just please reach out. We, I'm, I'm begging you. We are, uh, we are in this with you. We are, we are in the trenches with you Wolves fans. Oh yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, th- that was my shot caller of the week, Joe. I'm pass it to you. What was your, uh, who was your shot caller of the week? So as some may or may not know, I went to my first Pacers game since pre-COVID on Monday night, which was awesome seeing live basketball again. Um, I tweeted oh, yeah. this out after the game. I'm never going to take that for granted ever again. Um, I live 15 minutes from from Gamebridge Fieldhouse where the Pacers play. I've spent a lot of time there. It is my favorite thing to do in the city, but I never realized how much I missed it until it was gone. And to be back on uh, Monday night was fantastic, even if they did lose to Milwaukee. Uh, my shot caller is the guy that made that possible, uh, our good buddy Steve Hendrickson. Um, he, hooked, he hooked it up with tickets for the game uh, as a uh, – as an Let's early go. birthday present for your boy. Um, and uh, it was just awesome. It was uh, very sick, like I said, to be in the arena to watch the game. But it was more sick because that was like Steve's first game in literal years. Um, we talk about Steve a lot on this podcast. He just got back into basketball last postseason. Um, and it's just really it's, it's really cool seeing your friends um, just really fall in love with something you love a lot, too. Um, so shout out to Steve for, for one, getting on the, getting on board Two, obviously getting the tickets. I can't thank him enough for that. Uh, and three, we got tickets to the Knicks game next Wednesday night. So we're right back in the shit, baby. Oh, let's go. <laughs> yes, sir. I love it. Yes, sir. That's a great one. Yeah. Steve's been a, uh, an awesome basketball fan, honestly. Yeah. It's, he's it. He's, he's he, pretty much a, a nightly occurrence. He's, he's to, our third, he's uh, our third member of him. the Wolves watch. Oh yeah. Without a doubt. Oh yeah. Without a doubt. Um, we love him. Yes, sir. It, well, that that does it for this week's shot caller, Kyle. Next week, I'm excited. Um, we're gonna have, uh, excuse me, we're gonna have our boy Taylor Bergfeld from At Large Bid on the show because we're gonna be doing some oh. uh, NCAA players to watch. Um, so that's gonna be fun. Uh, we'll see what happens over the next week in the in the league. Maybe we talk about the Wizards. Maybe we don't. You'll have to tune in to find out. But uh, definitely make sure you tune in for that. Um, like I mentioned during the shot caller of the week segment. You can follow us on Twitter at 48 Minutes Network. That's N-E-T-W-R-K. Um, and then uh, Kyle's on Twitter at Good Luck Kyle. Check out his story on Miles Bridges on the website. Uh, my name is Joe Macucci. You can find me on Twitter at Macucci. But uh, Kyle, anything else you got for the people before we get out of here? That is it. Like I said, uh, like Joe said, check out the articles. Uh, appreciate it. Um, watch the Wolves and be like Anthony Edwards this week. Watch gorillas fighting before you uh, do anything. Love that. (laughs) See you guys. Thanks for listening to Shot Callers. Make sure to subscribe to the 48 Minutes Network wherever you're listening to your podcast. And leave us a review if you like what you're hearing. 
Also be sure to give us a follow on Twitter over at 48 Minutes Network. I'm gonna stop and give you all the love I got.